Greetings, everyone, everyone in the house of the Lord and everyone in your own house where you have invited the Lord into it. Oh, we give you some glory today, glory unto glory, unto glory, unto glory, as God has promised. And so we hope that the glory of the Holy Spirit that falls on you, wherever you are, will open your soul and your heart to worship. Oh, we're so happy to see you in worship today. Please remember to share our worship services. And remember now, you know, seeing sermons more than once always helps. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we invite you to tune in every Sunday at 11.15 for worship at Pacoima First United Methodist Church in the beautiful and wonderful city of Pacoima. California. Oh, this is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice. You might not have rejoiced any other day, but this is the Sabbath day. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it. Oh, come get filled up today as we prepare for the word through music. Our Minister of Music, Sister Hope Carr, and her husband, Brother Darnell Carr, come today to take us higher in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on and give the Lord a hand praise this morning. Praise God for another opportunity to be in his house one more time. If you're available, if you can, come on and stand to your feet for Jesus this morning. How many blessed people do we have? Come on and say, blessed, 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 blessed. Open your mouth and say, blessed. Work in your favor. We're blessed in the city. We're 
blessed in the city, we're blessed in the field, we're blessed when we come and when we go, we cast down every stronghold, sickness and poverty must cease, for the devil is defeated, we are blessed, come on and give God some praise this morning. people of God bless the Lord this morning from whom all our blessings come from we love you Lord we adore you Lord Father God we thank you and praise you for another opportunity to come into your house and lift our hands say thank you and to worship you for all that you've done, Father. Thank you for keeping us through this week, keeping us safe, taking us to and from our destinations, giving us food to eat, Father, and just being with us. Even when maybe we didn't feel you were there, we know that you're always there, Father. We thank you and praise you today for this service, Father. Thank you for everyone watching online. Thank you that your spirit and your presence will be there with them. Father, let the word touch our hearts from our pastor today. Let us be doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Bless you. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. the best thing I've ever, ever done. Come on and see. Falling in love. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. Falling in love with Jesus. the best thing I've ever, ever done. In his arms, I feel protected. In his arms, never disconnected. No place I'd rather, I'd rather be. Come on, let's just appreciate the Lord this morning. Falling, falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling Be. Bless you. There 
There is no place I'd rather, rather be. us now to the New Testament gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 31, Luke chapter 16 verses 19 through 31. And now won't you stand, if you're able, out of reference for God's holy word. And to listen now for the word of the Lord. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple, which means he was rich, wealthy, maybe a billionaire. He was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted scrumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham, and the rich man also died and was buried. In hell, Hades, where he, he was being tormented, he, he looked up and he saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side, and he called out, Father Abraham, have a mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus in life matters evil things. But now he's comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said... Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may warn them so that they will not also come into this place of torment. And Father Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated in the presence of God. And now, won't you pray with and for me? Lord, as I come, consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. By the power of grace divine, let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. And my will, my will be lost. In thy will. In Jesus' name I pray. Be with me today, Father God. Amen.
I've changed the sermon topic uh, several times. I think the one I sent to the team is Heaven and Hell Are Real. But last night I changed it to The Rich Man and Lazarus. So well, let's just, we're smart enough. Let's just look at both of them. Heaven and hell are real. Here is a parable, a story from Jesus, a sermon about the rich man and Lazarus. My beloved, in our gospel for today, we find this familiar parable of Jesus known as the parable of the story of the sermon of the rich man and Lazarus. The question we want to ask is this. This is the question. What should we learn from the story of the rich man and Lazarus found in the Gospel of Luke chapter 16? What should we learn? Oh, well, my beloved Luke 16, 19 through 31, it contains an account of two men. One was very rich, and he lived a life of extreme luxury. I, I'm not talking about being well off. I, I'm not talking about colored people rich. I, I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about Oprah Winfrey rich. That, that kind of, I'm talking, that's, that, that's a whole different story. The question we want to ask is this. What is this story about? I, I would imagine that this man lived in a gated neighborhood, in a mansion probably, probably featuring, let me see, 10 bedrooms and 15 bathrooms, a lavish lawn with an Olympic-sized swimming pool. The mansion was valued at millions and millions of dollars. And that, that is just to name a few of the rich man's possessions. Now, the Bible does not give the rich man a name. Therefore, we don't know his name or his game. He could have been a member of the royal court like Herod. We don't know. He could have been a corrupt tax collector or a greedy landlord or a combination of all of, of these. The gospel does not tell us. It only tells us that he was rich. Now, however, somebody say, however. However, laying aside the gate of this rich man's house was the other man in the parable who was extremely poor. I'm talking about really poor. I'm talking about a level of poverty that many of you might not have seen even here in America. I'm talking about poverty. He was poor. Jesus does not distract us with a lot of detail about, about the man. He, Jesus does, however, give us the picture of a man so crippled by disease that all he could do was lie at the gate of a rich man's mansion. The only friends he had were the stray dogs who came and licked his sores. He was overwhelmed with hunger. Oh, yeah, I've seen it even in the richest country in the world, and God won't forget it. A hungry, sick, poor human being who simply hoped to eat what fell from the rich man's table. That's what dogs would do who lived in a rich man's mansion. But... But the rich man was completely indifferent to the plight of Lazarus, a poor man. The rich man showed the poor man no love, no sympathy or compassion whatsoever. The rich man chose to be oblivious, indifferent to Lazarus. And eventually, the Bible says, they both died. You know, we can't run from death ever, but certainly today is evident to us that death does not discriminate. <laughs> it doesn't, it, it, death comes to the, to the babies 
to the teenagers, to the old people, death comes to the rich and the poor. Death comes to black, white, yellow, and brown. Death does not discriminate. They both died. But here's it. Lazarus went to heaven. That's what the Bible said. The Bible said Lazarus went to heaven. And the Bible also says, and the rich man went to hell. It's a shame we don't want to talk about hell in a world today where so many people are going to go to hell because we don't want to talk about it. Now, can I get an amen? Can I get that? Beloved, from this story and from this word, Jesus invites for us to have a clear picture now of the way God works. God works in turning things around. In this parable, God's justice came in the end, when Lazarus, the poor man, is raised up to heaven and the rich, stingy man is brought down to hell. Lazarus is redeemed from suffering. The rich man is delivered into torment. Lazarus is found worthy of honor. The rich man is deemed deserving of humiliation. Lazarus is accepted. The rich man is rejected because in the end, God's justice is always done. Because the way you start out, Boomy, may not be the way you end up. Well, you see, child of God, there was no reason why Lazarus, the poor man, should suffer the way that he suffered, not in the richest country in the world. There was no crime that he committed, no fault, no blame that could be ascribed to him. There was no, no cause mentioned for such a severe penalty as a situation that he found himself in in life. He was just simply a victim of circumstance and a cold. He was in a cold, cruel society. He could have been helped. Yes, he could have been helped. I asked government, what you doing with my tax dollars, with all these hungry people? Well, he could have been helped. Listen to me today. There was no way that the rich man nor the rest of society could excuse themselves of the contribution they made to the oppression and the brokenness of such a one as Lazarus. One of the rich man's greatest sins was not that he was rich. Get over that. It's not that he was rich. There's nothing wrong with being rich. I wouldn't mind it at all. I'd help a lot of people. His greatest sin was his failure to see how he was responsible for Lazarus' state of being in the richest country in the world, sitting at the gate of a multi-billionaire. Yes, the Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. In other words, we are blessed to be a blessing to somebody else. Therefore, someone, some nation, some churches had to be held accountable. So when the end came, it was time for God's justice. Because God's justice takes what was wrong and makes it right. And God's justice was sending the rich man to hell. Uh-huh. Well, what are we learning? What are we learning? Well, one of the things we're learning is, one of the things Jesus is teaching us here is that heaven and hell are real. Mm -hmm. They're real. But sadly, today, many preachers shy from uncomfortable topics such as hell. 
Now, my thing is, if you don't have a preacher who's going to preach the word of God like it is, because not telling some folk about hell will be my fault when they go to hell and I ain't told them about it. So talking about hell is a sign of love in your neighbor as you love yourself. Some today even teach universalism. What in the world? They believe that just everybody gonna go to heaven. See, that's why everybody act crazy in America today. That's why everybody can do anything because everybody believes no matter what they do, all gonna kill people. You all there, you all. We all going to heaven. Rape somebody, steal from somebody. Talk about people. That's okay because we all going to heaven. The devil is a liar. Evil people will never be in fellowship with a holy God. And the only way you can be certain of going to heaven is not because you're a good person, because no person is good enough to go to heaven. Jesus is the key that unlocks the gate to heaven and when you go in like you do a hotel room you got to put the Jesus in your heart up there for God to see so the gate are open you can't get in without Jesus God knows my heart so does your heart have Jesus in it God knows my heart God don't want to see your face when you get to heaven he's a holy God he got to see a holy face. And it's not my face or your face. It's the face of Jesus Christ. So if you have not given your life to Jesus, my dear beloved, let an elder tell you the truth. You on your way to hell. Yeah, I said it. I said it. Because the Bible, the word of God is clear. That every person who has ever lived will spend eternity in either heaven or hell. And so, like the rich man in the parable, multitudes today are just complacent in their conviction that all is well with their soul. <laughs> Don't even have to join a church. All is well with their soul. The devil is a liar like the rich man in the parable. Many will hear our Savior tell them otherwise when they die. <laughs> Matthew 7, verse 23. And they won't, they were, this was a good reason. The gospel of Matthew chapter 7, 21 is one of the verses of scripture that tells us now. All them folks that just been talking about the church and everything. And all them folks who know the Lord but don't belong to the church. They say, Lord, Lord, not everyone. God is saying this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Just calling his name ain't enough. But only the one who does the will of my father in heaven. Hell is real. So child of God, Jesus says that when the end came, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abram's bosom. Look at that. He didn't even have to get buried. God just sent the angels down there. He didn't need nobody to give him no funeral. <laughs> He couldn't afford a funeral. So God showed out, and God sent him angels. Oh, glory to God, all that money we play to be buried. Oh, but good God Almighty, some of us ought to hope. <laughs> well, I hope and pray that God loves us enough. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The Lord will make a way somehow. And now the bosom of the embrace of Abraham was a highly symbolic expression for heavenly rest and heavenly peace. Ah, as father, Abraham was the father of the faith. Abraham was also a symbol. 
He was a symbol for the reward of the faithful. Ooh, glory to God. He was the picture of love and peace and care. In his bosom, there is no more sickness and pain, and there is no more weeping at midnight. In his bosom, anguish and affliction is no more, and there is no more death. That's where I want to go. Ain't that where you want to go? Amen. Resting in the bosom of Abraham. Glory, glory to God. So Lazarus died and went to heaven. Bible says he's clear about it. Lazarus died. The poor man, Lazarus, he died and he went to heaven. Uh, and then the rich man also died. And he was buried. They had a great funeral, tell you. And he went to hell. Oh, hell. Hell is a hellish place of separation from God and his confident love. Hell. It's where the anguish of loneliness and isolation and despair burns like a consuming fire. A place of unrelenting misery and pain. A place of the living dead. A place of suffering and pain with no escape for all of eternity. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. And so, beloved, as we study this text, let's take a good look at the rich man while he was in hell. Glory to God. The Bible says that the rich man looks up from hell and he sees Lazarus resting in the bosom of Abraham. And then he calls out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water. Cool my tongue. For I'm in pain and I'm suffering in this flame can you can you believe that believe that all this time while he was living the rich man had ignored and looked down on Lazarus with total disregard for the poor man's human dignity and now now even though he's in hell the rich man still wants to reduce Lazarus to the level of a slave and have him go get him a drink of water. In other words, Abraham, send that, Abraham, send that boy. Abraham, send that boy to fetch me a glass of water. Can you imagine this? Even in, even in hell, he still thought he had power over Lazarus' life. Even in hell, he thought he was better than Abraham. Oh, can you believe that? Can you, can you, can you believe that? Oh, oh my, what does it take? What does it take for some people to change? Instead of getting better, after all this stuff going on in the world, some people seem to be getting worse. But, but Father Abraham said, you know, son, remember how in your lifetime you received good things and Lazarus received bad things. Well, well now, God then turned it around. Well, now Lazarus is in comfort and luxury. Well, now Lazarus is in comfort and, and, and heaven. And, and you, you, you're in anguish and pain in hell. You know what, beloved, it's called God's justice. And furthermore, rich man, you need to understand that once you cross the eternal horizon, that that's it. That's it. Ain't no coming back. Ain't no parting with the people in heaven. Ain't no talking to them. Ain't no getting out of hell. Oh, let me say it, let me say it. There are no more chances rich man. No more going back and forth. <laughs> you see, there's just no 
fellowship between heaven and hell. There, there, there is no fellowship between good and evil. There, there is no playing and going out to dinner between God and the devil. They don't. They, oh, God, however now, however, we must know from his behavior that the rich man was so accustomed to having his way that he did not give up or change even while in hell. His ears and his understanding were closed shut, so he tried another angle. Here you go, here he go. I beg you then, send that boy Lazarus to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may warn them so that they will not come to this place of torment. Oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Look, just look. Look real good at this behavior. Look real good. God will give us stories and parents about behaviors he does not want us to have. You know, some people in the world, they so bad, well, they're teaching you something. They're teaching you not to be like them. Now he wants Lazarus to do him a favor. This man is crazy. And there are still a lot of people just like this man, so obsessed with themselves that they are just indifferent to anybody else. You see, the worst thing humanity can do to others is not to hate them, it's to be indifferent to them. Just what do you have to do? Somebody was saying to me, you know, there's no racism on the West Coast, I'm going. You know what? The truth is this. Racism has no specific territory. Racism in America is everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And how can you say that? It's been three of the worst uprisings in the country in LA. Can't you hear? Don't you care? People are suffering and they're angry in L.A. and everywhere else in the country. New York, when I was in the 60s, had the worst poverty I'd ever seen and the racism was everywhere. It was the first time I had been called to begin was in New York City. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. You see, the worst is not hate. It is indifference, meaning to not see, to not notice, to not care or feel in any way responsible for the suffering of others. As African-American people, don't you ever say, we don't need, we don't want reparations. That is the insult to our ancestors, who were the best that Africa had to offer, who were stolen from a continent and treated less than an animal. Yes, work ought to pay. Black people lazy. Look here, a slave can't be lazy. That ain't even, that ain't. That's why you went all over the world and found us. We were the strongest people you could find. And we were the cream of the crop of Africa. Pay me my inheritance. Honor my ancestors by paying for the atrocity of slavery. Lord have mercy. Now listen, the rich man wanted to send Lazarus to his family, but Lazarus had not been called of God and set apart to speak to the people on God's behalf. See, that's what, you know, th this church got a problem with that. But it ain't biblical to send folk who ain't called. Yes, that's what God says. The rich man had no idea of how God had set up things to work. Hear this, hear this. This is how God works. 
God himself chooses people that he selects to speak on his behalf. There is a, a call and a process to follow. There is obedience. You called of God to go speak for God. People have no idea when you're being obedient what you have to give up to do that because God will call you sometime when you're at the very top. <laughs> it's an act of obedience. He, God, selects to speak the people he wants on his behalf. There is a call. Lazarus was a committed lay person. And he was comfortable with being a lay person. I don't know why that's such an issue in this denomination. Except that it's just one of the many crazy things that we seem to do. Just great, great. And that's why he was comfortable there is no pastor who can do ministry without lay people. Now, what gets on my nerves are lay people who think they know my job and they ain't been to school. Because let me tell you something. That was the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Had to go to seminary with two kids. It was a long, hard journey. It was a long, hard journey. And so the rich man was requesting a layperson to go to his unsafe family and tell them about God. And that's out of God's order. You see, God has his own way of doing things. Too many people want their way and not God's way today. The Bible teaches that people can't hear from God without a preacher. You see, being a pastor is not a profession that a person chooses. Being a pastor or a preacher is an act of of obedience to God's will on a person's life. Pastors are called and set apart by the will of God. Being a prophet or preacher is response to a calling, not a self-chosen profession. I need to get an amen. I need to get an amen. Tell somebody respect. Well, therefore, in response to the rich man, we get into the close. The rich man's ignorance. This is what Father Abraham replied in verse 29. They have Pastor Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. And the devil has people that they just knocking pastors, just knocking them. I don't have to listen to no pastor. That ain't what God said. That ain't what God said. They need to listen to who God sends them to speak on his behalf. African culture believes that they lift up pastors because they lift up the ones who represent God. America lifts up football players and comedians and singers and all this kind of stuff and dancers and curses and all that, all that. Africa says, no, every culture lifts up something and somebody. So we'll just lift up the ones who God called out to speak for him. Wow, 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 wow. Now I have a question for everybody this morning. I have a question this question. Are people listening today to the preachers that God has called <laughs> and set apart to preach the word of God to them? Oh, beloved, let me tell you this truth. It's the only way. And if you don't want to listen to a certain preacher, then find one you will listen to. That's why God has laid it out. That's what God says. That's God's plan. That's the way God wants it. It's like this. Has there ever been a time... When you told your child or you told a young person to do something and they ask, why? And you responded. Because I said so. That's God. He's the ultimate. We say Father God. He's the greatest of all parents. If God says it, then do it. Because God said it, 
Listen to the preacher because God said so. You know what? It just gets on my nerves. People are just messing, just, just messing with the Lord too much today. Just messing with God today. Just, just messing with him. Oh, you better listen to the pastor like Jesus told you to. That's all I got to say. Pastor Moses said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. Listen to that. Pastor Michael said, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly before your God? Let people hear that. Pastor Amos said, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness, like a mighty flowing stream. Let people hear that. People can either hear the man or woman God sent them, or they can hear nothing at all. Because nothing else matters. Listen to God's word. Do what God's word says to do. Or find yourself in a place called hell. But oh no, that was not good enough for Mr. Big Shot. So he said, but they won't listen to no preacher. He was saying, who listens to preachers? Now, his reasoning was that of a biblically illiterate person because he thought that if anybody went to talk to his family, anybody, it didn't make no difference, especially somebody who they knew had died and now that he is, and who they knew was crippled and now he's walking. Huh? This man knew nothing about God's word and he just kept on talking as if he knew what he was talking about. You know what, beloved, I'm just going to, you have to be very careful about what you say when you have not heard the word of God and put the word in your mind, heart, and your spirit. I can remember so many times when I was young, growing up, I thought I know some things, and I said out of pure ignorance of God's word, I have had to study to so show myself approved. I thought, you know, how did I? What? Ah, hence, seminary training. It was one of the hardest things I've done, I told you. But not my will. God's will be done. Therefore, Father Abraham said to the rich man, verse 31, if you do not listen to Pastor Moses and the other pastors or prophets, they will be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. That's what he said, yes. Oh, they are listening to somebody who rose from the dead. Well, well, he's just wrong. In other words, what Abraham was trying to say to this rich man was this. My brother, it's just too late for you. <laughs> it's too late. You need to shut up. Because what you are saying doesn't make any sense. And when it's too late, it's too late. Don't wait until it's too late. In summary, beloved, the parable teaches us that true followers of Jesus Christ would not be indifferent to the plight of the poor like the rich man in this story was. And true disciples of Jesus Christ will show empathy and kindness, love and concern for those who are needing help. True disciples of Jesus Christ are filled with the Holy Ghost who empowers us to live by the word of God. And furthermore, knowing scripture helps us to understand that God's children like Lazarus, the poor man may suffer while on this earth for just a little while because we live in a sinful and fallen world. Bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. Oh, but when it's all over, I said, when it's all over, oh, when that day comes, listen, the Bible says our earthly lives are just a mist that appears for a little while and then our earthly journey is exceedingly brief compared to eternity. And perhaps the greatest lesson to learn from this parable then is that when death comes knocking on our door, and it, it will, there are just a couple of things that will matter. And that is our love relationship with Jesus the Christ and our obedience to the will 
testimony today. Every preacher ought to have a testimony. And my testimony this morning is that I want to go to heaven when I die. Listen, I, I want to put on my shoes. I want to wear my crown. I, I want to walk the streets of gold. I want to put on my long white robe. And I want to hear God say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done. That's why I have given Jesus control of my life. So that I can just walk around heaven all day. Ooh, I can't wait. Not right now, Lord. Help me now. I mean, when the time comes. When the time comes. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. And another thing about being a Christian and loving Jesus is, the time comes when you, you're not afraid to die. You may just be a little anxious about how you're going to die. When you're going to die. But the fear of death. The fear of death. I have no more. I just want to walk around. Heaven. All day. The songwriter says it for me. The songwriter says, one of these mornings, and it won't be very long, I'm going to a place where I have nothing to do but Walk around heaven all day. And when, when I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, I'm going to sing and I'm going to shout because nobody will be able to put me out. My mother will be waiting. And my father too. And me and them, we just gonna walk around heaven all day. One of these mornings, we gonna walk around heaven all day. One of these mornings won't be very long. You're gonna look for me, and I'll be gone. I'm going to a place where I'll have nothing, nothing to do. Oh, but just walk around, walk around heaven all day. When I get to heaven, when I get to heaven, I ain't got no shame. I'm gonna sing and shout. Walk around, we gon' walk, walk around heaven, heaven. all day.
everybody to come. I want everybody. Everybody. Let's all do what we are supposed to do so that one day, some glad morning, when this life is over, Give the Lord a hand praise. Give the Lord a hand praise. Give him a hand praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. 
Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Glory to God. We invite you now to give your offering. Does God need your money? No, my father is rich. Housing the land. You know why? He says, pay your tithes and your offerings to his church. Because he wants to know what you love, what you don't love. And then he wants you to do it. Why? Because he said so. Because he said so. There are many ways that you can give online or you can mail your offerings to the church. Because God loves a cheerful giver. And the rewards of being obedient The greatest sin in all the world was the sin of disobedience. Don't let it keep happening. Just do what God says because heaven and hell are. They're real. And so let us stand. be dismissed today after being fed and all gassed up with the Holy Ghost after being healed by the very word of Almighty God let the church 